And now, the end is near. It's time to face the final curtain. Oh, shut up. You sound like cats being strangled. Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. So this is the final show. It's the final countdown. It's time to face the final curtain. Do, do, do. Do, 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 Be a little bit sad. Do, do. <laughs> Sorry, we're both singing two different songs. So as well. you know, every time I hear that song now, I think of that. You know that track from Minipiarkia where they the, where they sample that shit, <laughs> rather than the final countdown version. <laughs> that one. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Georgia B obviously has never seen an Indian film in her life, so she can't relate. I have seen Indian films. I just don't care about them that much. You know what? You know what the thing is right now with Georgia B and I. Right, so obviously I've been made redundant. Jojo B is now officially on maternity leave. Yep. So we literally spend every minute of every day at the moment together. 24 hours. 24 hours. Seven days a week. So it literally feels like we've got cabin fever right now. Yep. Because all we have is each other. No one's even come around to see us. No because, one cares. Because they think we're so close to the end of our pregnancy run. and We're due to drop anytime soon. No one cares. And so <laughs> it's really weird. I almost can't wait for our baby to be born. Because then it gives me somebody else to talk to. That's the only reason you can't wait. I'll probably get a better conversation out of our child than I do with you at the moment because get fucked you are complaining to me and moaning the only thing that I ask you for is to go to the shops and buy me some clementines yes every day and I do that without fail I have eaten nearly a kilo since five o'clock yesterday and it is now sometime in the evening the next day yeah (laughs) at what point do we address this and actually say that there may be a chance that you might have a problem well, apparently it's a thing. I googled it just because I thought maybe I'm causing some issues to myself or the baby. But no, it's a thing. Clementines. We might have to sort out a kind of like, you know, intervention. Get the whole family involved. Sit you down and say, No. Love. I think you may have an issue. Don't come between me and my Clementines. If it's the Clementines or our marriage. Clementines win. Wow. I'm sorry. I need them right now. Well, you heard it here, people. And why would you make me choose between you or Clementines? Because right now, it seems like all your undivided attention is given to those little orange fruits. And Uh, thank you for not being in Brexit yet, the world I'm talking to. Of course. Because it means that I can have lovely Clementines from Valencia in Spain. Yes, exactly. Very specific craving that I have. Yeah. And they're really good. So it could potentially be like £10 a kilo this time next year. Yeah, but I won't be pregnant this time next year. So, Or I 
I better bloody not be. So This is the worst thing, because obviously they're going to put up all the price of fruit and veg. Yeah. Which is literally all I eat. Yes, this is true. So... I'm gonna be. I'm really gonna be struggling. And we don't even have a garden, so we can't grow our own. Yeah, because we did try growing some kind of plant once. It died. How did it die, Jojo B? I think it's still dead on the balcony. To be honest. Remember that little baby Groot? Is what we called it. <gasps> baby Groot. So we had that. Don't. Was, I'm really sad. What plant was that again? It was an aloe vera plant. Yes. And I was growing it from seed. Yep, from and scratch. It, and it was actually growing and I was so happy and I called it Baby Groot because it was teeny tiny but it was like, it was my baby. It was my first baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, Hopefully it's not a precursor to our eventual baby. Wow, just saying. I'm just going to keep our actual baby away from the mop because the mop killed Baby Groot. Well, the mop didn't go from where it was, walk all the way up to Baby Groot, smack it across its face. I didn't touch the mop. It just, I don't know what happened. I was in the kitchen and I was on the other side of the kitchen. Were you or were you pretty close? close to the vicinity no, of the mop. I was on the other side of the kitchen and all of a sudden from the corner of my eye I saw something falling and I turned round and it all happened in real slow motion. The mop fell and like kind of like hit the plant pot and the plant pot fell, plummeted to the floor no. all in slow motion. Well, and that's what you heard from me. Yeah. I was like, no. And then you came running in thinking I, that I, I had like hurt myself crew. again. All I heard. And then there was just no saving it. No, baby Groot. I threw it in the bin. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, there was no love lost there for Joe. No, I tried for a few days. I tried to make it grow back. I was like, I left it there for a couple of weeks. I tried to put it all back in the pot. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe it'll find its way back up again into the world, and it didn't. So no, I just chuck it. So let there be a lesson, people. If it's ever Jojo B's birthday or any kind of special occasion involving her, do not buy her a plant. Because guaranteed that plant will be dead within the space of three or four days. Um, and all people have got us recently is lovely orchids. And um, they're just going to be a conveyor belt of dead plants. In well, our, the one that we've got at the moment is alive. So that's good. So far, so good. But yeah. it's pretty much a dead plant walking. But my mum brings things back to life. She brings plants back to life. Hmm. Right. She has this like magic green fingers kind of thing. Right. And I have not inherited that at all. No. I have actually gone on my dad's side of the family, I think. You're a plant killer. Yeah, rather than a giver of life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you will be giving life soon. So maybe get yourself out of that thought process. Yes. And be a bit more attentive. Positive affirmations. Yes, I've been listening to those today. A lot of hypnobirthing. You're actually on uh, the birth ball as we speak right now, aren't you? Because the sofa, I can't get off the sofa anymore <laughs> so i have to um sit on the birth ball especially when you're not in the room because when i try and like get off the sofa when i'm by myself i have to kind of roll off we've been <laughs> so like attached to the sofa we're like you know beavis and butthead literally all you see us on is the sofa throughout the entire day it was so bad obviously watching like daytime tv for the last few few days and we were on challenge and i said the family fortunes is just about to start and I was like, if there's an Indian family right now on Family Fortunes, we're going to watch Family Fortunes. And lo and behold, an Indian family turned up on Family Fortunes. The Vagelas. The Vagela family. And they were shit. Yeah. You know what it was? Back in those days, we've spoken on previous shows before about the lack of Asians on TV, lack of Asian representation on TV. So the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. It was definitely 80s. Was it? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, some of the perms obviously reflected that era. But you know, obviously, our people still had the perms up until about 95, 96. This is true. Whereas everyone else had actually phased that fashion out. This is very true. But it was such a massive thing to see any Asian on TV. And so seeing an Indian family on like Family Fortunes, it was like your Masa and Masi were on Family Fortunes. Uh-huh. So we thought we'd tune in for the episode and cheer on our fellow Asians in delight. They didn't even pick up a single point. They were really, really shit. As in, they got zero from like the first round and the double money round. They didn't even pick up a single point. Because they were really shit. Yeah. Such is life. Yeah, but we need to get out of the rut of watching these ridiculous daytime TV shows and focus in on this show, our final show from season one. It's really sad. Yeah. When I envisaged doing this whole podcast thing, to think that we'd go through 32 episodes and actually have a full season under our belt is something I, that I, I couldn't even fathom. It's insane. It is nuts. But what we can talk about, though, is our feedback from last week's show. Yes, the show about organ donation. Yeah, which ended up being a very popular show. And we got a lot of great feedback from people. And like I said, it's great to talk about these things and discuss it amongst our community because that's the only way we're going to be able to progress and go forward. Exactly. It's such a taboo subject and it doesn't need to be. Talk about it amongst your people, amongst your family, amongst everyone you know and get involved. Spread the awareness. Spread the awareness indeed. What kind of feedback did you get then? Okay, well, I got some great messages. Uh, First of all, from Ganjal Desai, Mm -hmm. who said, regarding your last show, the National Hindu Students Forum UK are doing a campaign called National Donation Month to encourage more people from the South Asian community to become organ donors. Just thought it's great that you're discussing these important issues and I let you know that others are trying to make a change too. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. What we're trying to do is encourage that next generation from the students group to actually get more involved because if the younger people do then I think the older ones will eventually have to start to listen yeah and then between us we can get everyone to get involved with organ donation I also got a really good message from a lady called Saima Ashik who's had two kidney transplants herself oh wow and one of them was actually from a white donor because as usual not many Asians donate She said, after 10 years of working and slowly failing, I had to find my own live donor myself or end up dying on dialysis. Oh, my God. Even though I was put back on the transplant list, there still wasn't a guarantee that a donor would be a perfect match for me. 27 years now of having end-stage renal failure and my community and neighbours and every auntie and uncle knowing about the situation, they still keep asking who her donor was rather than actually find out if she was okay or not. She actually said, all I will say is, if it ain't happened to them, they don't give a shit. And that's a sad, unfortunate reflection of a lot of people that are going through the same situation in so many of those communities. You know, it's more about what people would say rather than actually keeping people alive, which is surely the most important thing. Yeah, and just that thought process of like, well, it doesn't affect me, so why should I care? Yeah. And then until it does actually affect them. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously they do care and they want everybody else to care as well. So it's about not waiting till you're in that position yourself. Mm. It's about having empathy. Yeah, because there will be a time where you may be in need of one. And if you're not the people helping the other side, then who's actually going to help you? And I also got a great message from Sina Patel, who's actually the inspiration behind the show in the first place. We spoke about how her and her husband, Jay, have been big advocates for organ donation after the sad, tragic passing of their son, Ari, a few years ago. And she messaged me saying a big thank you for discussing the lack of organ donors in the BAME community. I hope it makes us all think about signing up to the NHS Organ Donor Register and most importantly, having the conversation with your loved ones. 
And that is the biggest emphasis from that show. It's to talk about it amongst the people around you, your close ones, your loved ones. And if you start the conversation at home, it becomes a bigger dialogue and into the bigger community. And that's how we can hope to move things forward. Absolutely. Um, did you have any feedback yourself? Um, I, we had a thank you from Hope for Anea. Oh, brilliant. Which is the campaign for Anea, the little baby that needs a kidney that we mentioned. Yes. Please do go and check out www.hopeforanea.com. Anaya spelled A-N-A-Y-A. Yeah. And they're still looking for a kidney transplant for baby Anaya. So find out more, get down to the awareness drives that they're doing and see if you match the criteria and yeah. get in touch with them. Yeah, because I know they were on BBC Asian Network last week actually trying to raise awareness on, on the Hell show, I think it yes, was. Yes, Um So you can see it's a massive issue and across the board, people are trying to find ways to raise awareness and really push the message of organ donation specifically within our communities. And so if we can drive it forward, if we can push it forward in any way possible ourselves, then it'll be some small steps to enable change. Absolutely. Talking of taboo subjects, mm -hmm. yep. this week is National HIV Testing Week. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there's a massive drive to try and get people HIV tested. Mm -hmm. Whether you think you might have it or not, if you've been sexually active, the clinical advice is that you get checked at least once. Yeah, of course. You... You might have only had one partner, but other people that you, the person that you've been with, for instance, might have had multiple partners. Yep. So it's best to get checked. Mm -hmm. It's a really simple blood test. You can go down. I think you can ask your GP to do it for you, or you can go to one of the sexual health clinics that will be in your area. They're yep. all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And ask them to give you a checkup. Because we just watched a film which was actually sadly very relevant to that subject matter. Uh -huh. And that was Bohemian Rhapsody. The story of Freddie Mercury, uh, who sadly passed away from AIDS back in November of 1991. He was uh, one of the unfortunate victims of a real deadly illness in that time period. And I guess it robbed the world of a genius, iconic musician at a fairly young age. As I've always said, and I've always believed... He was the greatest frontman of any band of all time. Yeah, we had we debated this after watching the film itself. There is no debate. It's just fact. It's full <sighs> stop. He was the greatest. To be fair, I was trying to come up with a number of different alternatives. People like Jagger, Lennon, Stroke, McCartney, potentially. Even up to someone like Bono from U2 from like, I guess, the last 20 to 30 years. All great. Yeah. All brilliant. And maybe you can say Lennon and McCartney are the greatest songwriters. Hmm. Yeah. Of pop music of all time. Yes. But front men owning that stage, performing. Yeah. Freddie Mercury, number one. It's very, very hard to argue. What were your thoughts on the film itself? I think it was really well done. It was very polite. Yeah, it was a slightly watered down version, I felt, of what Queen's story was actually like. Yeah, I think there was probably a lot more... To use one of your favourite words, uh, a lot more debauchery. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's probably a lot more rock and roll than it was actually portrayed as in the film. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, Rami Malek, who played Freddie Mercury, yeah. was just absolutely awesome. He well, was brilliant. Yeah, he was magnificent uh, playing that role. And he obviously was a replacement for Sasha Baron Cohen, who walked out of the film and... There was a lot of issues, apparently, between himself and the filmmakers and also Queen, who were the consultants. Yeah. And so, because of that, he walked out 
Rami Malik came in and I can't envisage anyone else playing that role now. Yeah. I was a bit worried at first that he'd just be about the teeth. <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. some, you know, funky teeth in. But actually, no. He you just... You get over that very quickly. Yeah, and he embodied that role so brilliantly. Mannerisms, the stage presence. Just his likability. He just kind of played him in such a vulnerable way as well. Yeah. He was brilliant in that film. No, absolutely. And I'd like to think that by the time the awards season comes round next year, that we see him in a few of those categories i'm not sure the film will maybe get the awards yeah but his performance definitely needs to be recognized i agree with you i I feel we potentially didn't get the full story because the band were consultants on this film i think there was a lot that they left out so they came across as these nicey nice husbands to their wives and family men yeah when in actual fact this is the 80s era of rock and roll where it was all about sex drugs everything yeah and so you know it felt like there was a lot of that that was missing from their perspective yeah they kind of skimmed over it there's some slight hints occasionally yeah but it's very much skimmed over yeah yeah it is and for me the most important aspect of it purely from a biased perspective is how much they touched on his roots yes and the fact that he is an indian yes you know and his parents were parsi they were zoroastrians yeah and they originally from gujarat they actually moved to zanzibar and then came here and the surname is bulsara and they really touched on that in the early parts of the film and throughout the film thereafter yes they make sure that you know that that's a part of him and that's where he came from yeah even though he didn't embrace it so much himself It doesn't hide from the fact that this is who he was. This is where he came from. Those were his roots. That was his family. And it made up a massive part of his life. And it kind of slightly explains why he did try and distance himself slightly from his Indian background as well. They don't shy away from using the word Paki. Yeah, this shows elements of racism that he faced during that time, especially in the early stages of him trying to become a musician and even throughout his life yeah exactly it it doesn't leave him because you can't i guess leave behind your heritage yeah and people when they want to be prejudiced will pick on the most obvious thing i guess and they still did that with him one particular scene that i really liked just a subtlety in it was when the music executive was trying to pronounce what bismillah was and he was like bismil what the hell does that mean and then you saw rami malik say it's bismillah As in, so he knew, like, this is what this word is. It's a massive meaning. It's a strong word. It's a real word. You idiots will never understand. Yeah. And it's a word that I'm going to use because I can use it. Exactly. Yeah. I would highly recommend watching it. And, you know, for us as a collective community, I feel not enough is done to celebrate Freddie Mercury being one of the, if not the greatest Asian success story in UK music history. I think a lot of people don't know that he was Asian. Really? Yeah, I think I was a, f- a fan of their music as a child, obviously, because they have big bangers. So when you're a kid, you're just like, you know, you sing in We Are The Champions and stuff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, that's, that's, we grew up with that because we were in that era. Mm. But maybe some of the younger ones don't know because their families don't really talk about it. And they're not, yeah. the music's not really played that much. I used to like it, like Queen, and my dad went, oh, yeah, he's Indian, you know. 
And I was yeah. like, no, he's not. And he's like, yeah, no, seriously, he's Indian. Mm. And that's how I learned. So unless it's pointed out to you, maybe it's not. But I think the other obvious. thing is, I think the other thing is because of our communities and the way they are, especially our older generation, a lot of them, sad to think, but they wouldn't have agreed with his lifestyle and his sexual preferences. Yeah. And so because of that, they potentially distance themselves away from him being Asian. Uh-huh. Because if he was the most prominent Asian celebrity in the UK during that time and this is a gay pop star who clearly doesn't embrace his Asian roots then why would you want to attach yourself with that yes it's unfortunate yeah that's probably that's probably very likely but his music just transcended everything no it really did and when you watch the film and you listen to all that back catalogue of hit after hit after hit it's hard not to be extremely proud of an Asian superstar in one of the biggest bands in the world. And also the greatest frontman who ever lived. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listeners, if you do or do not agree with Jojo V, let us know. It is hard to argue. And I guess purely from a biased perspective, I will have to tend to agree with her. But Freddie Mercury is one of the greatest pop stars of all time. And we think you should check out the film and let us know your thoughts as well. Um, So a few months ago was International Women's Day and we celebrated that nicely with Jojo B on this show. Yes, we did. And this week was International Men's Day. So it's time to celebrate the Barracuda. (laughs) Tell us how much you love the Barracuda. Yeah, he's all right. Do you know what? I made a whole thing. I let Jojo B do the intro in the last show. You know, I you made let it re- me. I made it really important to really give her a space as the co-host of the show, 50-50. And yeah, that's that's all I get. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I will celebrate myself. I'm proud to be a man and I'm and I'm proud to represent my species on this platform. And what did you do on International Men's Day? Well, I celebrated it by doing something I haven't done for a very, very long time. What was that, love? And that was to release some new music. About fucking time. Yes, it has been a long time in coming. And I finally thought, you know what? I'm feeling inspired enough to start writing some new bars. Well, what's it called? (laughs) Uh, Well, it was actually done in conjunction with the fact that I was turning 40. So some of these bars I actually wrote while I was on holiday in Santorini. Really? Yes, there was indeed. (laughs) And uh, I finally thought, let's just put these down on a track and put it out. And that's exactly what I did. And so it's a freestyle on Alchemist Dean Martin Stakes beat from his last EP, Lunch Meat. And I'm going to play it to you right now as a transition into the second half of the show. So this is Swami Barakas, Four Decades, the Dean Martin Stakes freestyle. And we'll see you all on the other side, people. Barracuda! Native immigrants all day, every day. Ah. Four decades in the foreground, I'm much forth trapped in this vortex. My four words foretold from the four horsemen sipping on four X. No forecast, cause of outlast these forerunners without no head starts. The work rates question by those uncultivated to the words I broadcast. They woke or laying comatose when the truth is spoke. Foes exposed when they feel provoked. When the ego burns, come feel my smoke. The ignorant step back from your insignificant setbacks. Legacies off the beaten tracks, so artists are turning to artifacts. Don't play the numbers game, only data crunches resort to stats. I fight the system on all these toothless dogs. I 
fighting plaque Insurance claims raised when your motivation's inflicting damage So when I go ballistic, I turn your gang signs to a deadly challenge The mirror's got rigorous views, screaming at me that change is imminent Surrounded by radical thoughts, my life partner's a native immigrant A dissident path, slipping the marks, flipping the bird at the narcs Befuddle the fuzz at the start, subliminal laughs And taking a sip of the flask, assemble the task Old barracuda still paddle with sharks The stamina set me apart from trappers flapping to dabble this art Another chapter, best Asian rappers, they questioning what the order is Never mentioning those equations, cause I've decimated all the formulas Desecrated the subordinates, I put pen to paper in abundance Still wrapping circles around them, MC Bo Compass Old man still got it, still Quick little in and out Welcome back to the second half of the last episode of season one of the Native Immigrants Podcast I'm Swami Barakas And I'm Jojo B And you just heard the four decades freestyle from the Barracuda over the Dean Martin Stakes beat which is out right now across all my social media platforms. It's just something for the fans and my followers to check out. Listen to it, share it, like it and all that business. Yeah, because it's a taster for what's to come next year for me. Oh, is it really? I want to get back onto my music thing, fam, because you know what? I've been feeling so inspired recently, but with so much shit going on in UK society, I've been getting myself back into the groove of writing and recording and feeling that vibe again. There's a lot to say. There is a lot to talk about. And that's the kind of things we're going to address, not only in music, but on this podcast. Yeah. Because this is our last show, Jojo B. It is. So we sat there for ages trying to debate what we should cover for this week for our last show. Yeah. And could it be another massive topic, uh, another big cultural issue, another big thing going through society? Yeah. And then we just thought, you know what? Let's just talk about our time this year doing this podcast yeah we just decided to talk about ourselves instead (laughs) yeah exactly toot our own horn yeah for a little bit and actually discuss what this whole process has been like for us it's been 32 shows now Mm -hmm. of some thought-provoking content yes and not always as we've mentioned before not always in the best of health yeah. So not always with the most amount of enthusiasm from me, which I apologise for. Yeah, I think it needs umpteen apologies for not playing your part for most of these shows. I tried my best. Yeah. And I'm still trying my best. I'm sitting here with a bad back gyrating on my birth ball. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make it stop hurting. The image is exactly as she described. I'm in my onesie. Yeah, very odd. <laughs> but since our very first show, episode one, Jojo B., how has this process been for you? So we started out all kind of like enthusiastic and we were going to change the world with our <laughs> yeah. podcast because we thought, you know what? We've got stuff to say. Yeah, we do. And I feel like we've said the stuff that we had to say and I think we've kind of stuck to that and we've stuck to our guns about, you know, what's important to us and what we think needs to be addressed within our within our community. Yeah. And we've done our bit for that. Yeah, I always thought we we're going to peak too early because the things that I wanted to talk about primarily mm. was the things that we discussed on episode two, you know, Asians in in British pop culture, us in the wider mainstream circle. But I don't think that'll ever stop being relevant. There'll always be things to say. Yeah. There'll always be things that come up. And we've, sp- we've kept that theme throughout. We've talked about the themes in Bodyguard and, yeah, you know, yeah. and like Informer and, <laughs> and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then Doctor Who recently as well. No, of course. So like we have been maintaining that theme throughout. Yeah. No, we have. But I've been surprised about how much we've covered 
and how much we're actually knowledgeable of and actually got something to say of as well. Well, we've managed to educate ourselves on lots of things. Yeah, definitely. Doing the research for some of these topics. Yeah, if people knew the amount of notes and information that we digest over the course of a week on yeah. a show-to-show basis, it, it, we really have to get into the crux of a situation. We don't want to give you false information and we also don't want to sound stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we try our best. But a lot of it is stuff that we, because we just generally watch the news on social media all the time. We learn about a lot of these things just from our day-to-day activities. Yeah, we have interests in that kind of stuff. You know, science-y stuff and all that kind of stuff is what, is what I, I love. You do? Digesting. Um, and I love what's happening within our communities and the things that are very relevant to us. So when you combine those two things, we'd like to think that there's a story there and it's something that can have a wider discussion within our collective community yeah you know and we always wanted to kind of open dialogue and make it easier for people to be honest about who they are and what they stand for and to not be embarrassed about certain topics things like coming out or as we mentioned earlier on in the show you know getting tested for hiv yeah yeah things like that that maybe we don't talk about and we should be talking about far more regularly. Absolutely. Especially with the younger members of our families. Yeah, exactly. And that was another aim of our show is to start that conversation. Yeah, I'm always striving to get more people to engage, more people to talk, more people to interact and let us know their thoughts and their feelings and the things that are going through their lives in relation to some of the topics that we speak about. And I think that's going to be one of the things to improve on for next year is trying to get more of the everyday person, everyday people from our communities to to really touch base with us on our shows and talk to us. It's been great to get so many people's reactions, so many people's feedback, so many people's experiences based on the things we speak about. But we want more. We crave more because the more people that do talk is the more discussion that we can have as a community. And that's one of the things I think for season two I want to make sure that we can try to grow that thought process grow that notion absolutely and I think that whether you agree with us or not if you don't agree with it with something that we're saying then let us know yeah definitely we had that in the first few shows where a lot of people disagreed with certain things that we said and they let us know about it and probably stopped listening to the show thereafter but unless we speak about these things and unless we talk about them between each other how are we ever going to invoke change? Our show is a very niche show, is a very s- small show, but the conversation should be a wider conversation. And we want people to tell us the rights and the wrongs, the positives and the negatives, because not only does it help us improve the show ourselves, but also we can help people improve and improve their thought process and their mindsets. Yeah, we'll always challenge and we won't toe the line with what maybe what the community wants us to say. Yeah. If we don't agree with it, we'll say that we don't agree with it. Yeah. And I think we're like that as people in real life. Yeah, definitely. And our show reflects that. Yeah, exactly. But Jojo B, so what are, what are the best things that have come out of putting this show out for you over the course of the year? Ooh, 
I guess the most exciting thing for me personally mm. was the six music Tom Robinson show that oh, we did. Defo. That was really exciting. And we got to pick all our favorite songs yeah. and, and just talk about some of the themes that have come out through the, the, um, the podcast. And it was really, really cool. Yeah, no, I've got to agree with you. That was a, a real landmark moment for us on the show to be on a massively mainstream show. Yeah, national show. Yeah, and Tom Robinson's been an amazing mentor of mine for so many years. And for him to give our little podcast a platform to showcase what we're about is a massive, massive moment. And it was great, yeah, choosing music and then talking about some of the wider issues within our communities mm -hmm. that linked with some of those tracks as well at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he has many podcasts on there many podcast hosts on there it's mostly artists so we're incredibly grateful for the amazing opportunity and hopefully we we'll get a few more of those next year fingers crossed but we also really enjoyed our time on sunny and shay show on bbc yeah, radio london that was also very very cool yeah it was during the time where you were pregnant and we were hoping to talk to shay who had actually gone through hyperemesis herself yes yeah, she wasn't there that day. Yeah, fortunately not. But again, this is something that we could talk about for a future show. Yeah, we you can know. do a post-pregnancy show. Yeah. Talking about the... Moaning about the issues of hyperemesis. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like favourite shows and things, though, that probably is one of my favourite shows, obviously, because I was talking about myself. Yeah. Was that your favourite show from this season? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's just because I got to be honest with our listeners mm. about how i'd been and how i'd been feeling this year yeah yeah because it's been a tough year so it was nice to kind of just let everybody know that this is what's been going on and you know i had people interacted with me saying that they'd been through the same thing yes and although the statistics say it's one to two percent yeah. of pregnant women that can't be right i feel like we might have met every person that's that's had it yeah this is so <laughs> odd the amount of people that get back to you saying i'm going through exactly the same thing yep literally on a week by week basis you might even have one or two people talking to you about that so i don't understand those statistics they don't make sense because it seems to be a much wider number yeah absolutely i've had conversations on twitter with lots of people who have gone through the same thing and they have said that it gets better and it'll be fine and it's worth it in the end so i'm holding on to that hope yeah but it has got better than it was. Yeah. So that I think that was that was quite nice because I got to explain why maybe on some of our shows um, my energy levels have been slightly low. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess it was for you to get a lot of this stuff off your chest because it had been brewing inside without telling anyone the reasoning for it and to address it in that way and to put across a very informative message not only on the condition itself but also, you know, how traumatic it's been for a very very long time i thought it was a very good thing and it enabled the show to be very informative for a lot of people who didn't know about it and also to have an idea of the fact that we're going to be having a baby ourselves i know so it was yeah all in all a really really great show yeah I, we knew our friends knew we were pregnant and we were having issues in terms of my health and stuff but i had a lot of friends get in touch going i didn't realize it was that bad yeah exactly and i think it kind of opened their eyes a little bit as to what we've been dealing with and why we've been off the radar in terms of our social life this year yeah a similar situation with organ donation unless you're in it yourself you never truly understand yeah and uh, with our situation with this particular condition 
it was something that we were going through and no matter how many times you try to explain it to people they never fully register so it was great to outline it on that particular show yeah uh for me my personal favorite shows were the show on forced marriages not only because it was one of the most again one of the most informative shows we covered so much on it and we got some great feedback on it and we could talk at length about this and really it's a show that we could have gone on for three to four hours on because mm. covering the number of cases and covering the number of issues still to this day with this subject in the UK could have been a three or four part special to be honest which is an actual sadder reflection on, on the the bigger issue in the UK with forced marriages. You would think that it would have changed by now but actually not much has changed. No. It's improving but... Yeah, it's still an ongoing problem that we're going to have to keep tackling, I guess. Yeah, I think because now there's been a few cases where people are being prosecuted for it, it's made it a little bit more open to the wider UK public. Yes. But it's been uh, an issue that's been ongoing within our communities and it's been quiet within our communities. And so our reasoning behind that show was to open that discussion up more between our communities because... When you see something's wrong, you have to address it and you have to point it out and invoke change in it. And so I thought that was a really, really important subject. Another show that I really liked was the Asian Attitudes Towards the LGBTQ Plus Community. Yeah, I think that was a really good show. Because, uh, again, another subject that is very taboo and we're living in 2018 and it's still an issue. And why? Why is it such an issue? I guess we had a few people coming back to us kind of saying that we didn't realize that you felt that way about that particular subject. And I'm like, why should anyone's sexuality matter at all in this day and age? Because I'm a what? Because I'm a rapper, I've immediately got that stereotype of having a kind of narrow-minded mentality. And that's really not the case. You know, we're, we live in a day and age where we get prejudice for anything and everything now. You know, whether it's the color of your skin, you know, your sexuality. So why would I discriminate against anyone for any of their lifestyle choices? It's your life to lead and it's your life to do whatever you like. Who am I to tell you anything otherwise? Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Your cover being the one of a rapper. (laughs) Doesn't mean that you would necessarily hold any stereotypical feelings or values towards people. And I think that, yeah, it's none of our business what anybody else gets up to. You know, we wouldn't wish anything other than happiness for those people. Absolutely, yeah. So that's why that show was really important to us. Definitely, definitely. One of my other favourite shows was unfortunately a show that never happened. So we got recording about Boris Johnson's idioticness on one episode. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And we spoke at length. We were almost 45 minutes into the show and we were proper debating it amongst each other, which is something that I haven't seen too much of on our shows us actually going at each other over a subject oh, yeah. and we we went through 45 minutes of the show and all of a sudden the computer crashed and we lost everything lost all the content everything that we were going to speak about and it's one of those shows that we couldn't really repeat with the same passion the same aggression the same energy and that was a deep regret technology fails us all i suppose at some yeah. point or another yeah it really really does yeah, that was really... I forgot all about that. That was really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it then meant we had to then record the show the next day. And by then, you're thinking about all the things you said on the previous show. And you tried to find ways to repeat and you just can't. So it was still a great show. But it was almost a case of what could have been. 
It was a learning curve for us. Yeah, it was. So we've definitely changed our recording techniques since. Yes. And we will be upgrading our technology hopefully next <laughs> yeah, year. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But what are the kind of things that we'd like to cover for next year, Jojo B? Well, I guess the most obvious topic will be parenthood. Yeah, of course. You know, like what it's like to be a mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming out the other side of it all. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, touch wood. Uh, and learning to be a parent and get to know our child. And mm. I think that might be quite an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? I think for me, one of the big issues in the last couple of years has obviously been Brexit. And we haven't really touched on it in great length on our show. No, we haven't. And how it really affects our communities and how it will affect our community going forward once it actually kicks in. And yet we talk about it at home all the time. This is the thing. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, and on a week by week basis, there was always something to talk about and we never really actually addressed Brexit. And obviously with it, well, potentially happening next year, I think that's something that we're going to have to discuss possibly at length and maybe even over the course of a couple of shows. But it is going to be the big news story over the course of the whole of 2019. The only thing, I think the reason we haven't tackled it so far is like, it's such a shit show. Where do you even start? Mm. Like how do you, how do you break this down? Yeah. No matter where, which side you're on, it doesn't seem to be very clear about what the benefits are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it doesn't seem to be very clear about what our next steps are going to be. Exactly. And no one can agree on what to do. And so you're just kind of left in this like minefield of nonsense uh, and fake yeah. news. I hate that term. I hate that term so much. We yes. haven't we haven't talked about that this year either. Yeah, we haven't covered fake the news. Fake news and the fact that it is such a shitty term and that it sums up everything from this year and last year. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know where we'll start next year because <laughs> I think it's only going to get more complicated. Yeah, it is. Uh, if we've actually got a cabinet to work with next year, uh, that would probably help. Uh, yeah, they will keep resigning. Exactly. So yeah, it's going to be a massive grey cloud over the UK next year. A real sense of the unknown. But hopefully we get a chance to speak about it uh, at length and get people to engage and interact at the same time. Uh, uh, talking of grey clouds, mm. I think also what we haven't covered yet, and I would really like to cover especially given that there's been a, um, a UN report recently about it, is mm. global warming and oh, the environment. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. The fact that we've got approximately 12 years to turn this around. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we're all completely fucked. So I would, I think, maybe like to cover that next year. And just what we can do as a community, because quite frankly, I think we are some of the worst people when it comes to to litter yes and all of the basics of being environmentally friendly yeah other than being too tight to put the heating on it's probably yeah. the one thing that we do right i think we i think we definitely need to cover that next year what we can do as a community yeah exactly to avoid us all being toast in 12 years time yep from a personal standpoint i really wish we did covered more music because it was one of the things that we spoke about again on our first show about what we were going to speak about over the course of our podcasts. And I don't really feel we tackled it too much and and talked more about our what we loved, the music that we loved, the 
the artists and the songs and the albums that have come out this past year for an artist myself to not talk at length about a core subject that's really relevant to me I thought it was a little bit of a massive missed opportunity. Yeah, I apologise. Music did actually make me feel nauseous at one point. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy, mm. but true. So I had to not listen to any music for quite a while. Uh, but hopefully that will be better next year. Yeah, exactly. And we can get back on it. Yes, indeed. And talk about some of our favourites. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully some of our favourite music from next year as well. But I'm looking forward to having guests on our show next year oh yeah that's the plan for next year as well next Get some year people on. will be a season full of guests which we tentatively spoke about on this season but we thought let's ride this year out and start afresh with guests from next year to get their perspective on a lot of cultural issues and subjects and current affairs and also a little bit about their life as well but mostly to just find out more about the people behind the artists, writers, actors, surgeons, directors, astronauts, firemen. Yeah, and we just want to hear... Everyday people. Yeah, we want to hear the stories of the everyday people that listen to us as well. So if you've been affected by a particular issue and you want to talk to us about it, let us know. Get yeah. in touch. Yeah. And we might be able to feature you. Definitely. Uh, and we want to, again, hear from people about what they'd like to hear for next year. You know, it's really important to us now that we've got a great community of people that listen to our podcast about the kind of things that they want to hear. What haven't we discussed? Because between the two of us and our dodo brains, we've tried <laughs> to put together shows to feel that they're going to cover subjects that are very pertinent to our communities. But the possibilities are endless on what we could potentially cover. And so talk to us. Let us know what you'd like to hear in season two. And we will endeavour to make that happen. Yep. Obviously, the first guest for next year will be Baby Barakas. Yeah. Good luck trying to get some words out of that he or she. Well, he or she will probably be heard screaming in the background. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be a lot of starts and stops we're trying to put out these podcasts. But that's what the glory of editing is all about. As one of... Someone I talked to on Twitter said to me, yeah, good luck with the show next year. You'll be doing it with a baby stuck to your boob. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I probably will be doing it with a baby stuck to my boob. There's That's probably another reason why we can't put this thing on Facebook Live. Because <laughs> um, all of a sudden, you know, we'll just be shut down from obscenity rules all over our posts. Listen, yeah, there's nothing obscene about breastfeeding in public. There's a subject we can cover. Oh, yeah, Exactly. The fine line between titillation and tit feeding. Anyone who's titillated by a woman feeding their child is fucking sick in the head. Indeed. But we'll go into that more next year, maybe. Absolutely. So, that is coming up to the end of season one of the Native Immigrants podcast. The end, Jojo V. Not the end. The pause. The pause, yeah. We've had to hit the pause button. Put it on standby for a we little while. We are going on maternity stroke paternity leave. Stroke hibernation. Stroke Christmas holidays. <laughs> yeah. Stroke looking for work for me. And stroke giving birth. Stroke not getting my hand crushed while helping you through this process. <laughs> I can't promise that won't happen. Oh, God. <laughs> but we want to thank each and every one of you 
and everyone over the course of our 32 shows who have listened in and liked, shared, commented, rated, reviewed all our podcasts. Everyone that sent us messages, emails, DMs, posts, just discussing each of the shows and the things that they loved about our shows and even the things they didn't like about our shows. All the positive feedback, all the negative feedback, it's helped us to improve, it's helped us to grow and with each show we strive to make it as important and as informative and as jovial as we can be. Yeah, we try and keep it light-hearted as well as informative yeah, and big educational. Up, big up all the people that say they only listen to the first half of the show just to hear our bants and then switch it off at half-time because they're just like, we don't want to hear the important stuff. We just love hearing you two just cuss each other. Makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we would like it if you listen to the stuff that we, you know, we try and educate you on. Talk passionately about. But you know what? Whatever tickles your fancy, we cover all bases and we've got a very diverse and amazing audience. And so whatever positives that you would have got out of it is just amazing for us. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much to everyone. I want to thank Melzo for all the music for this show, the musical interludes, the theme <laughs> tune for the Native Immigrants podcast. I want to thank Ashish Gadvi, who's not only a guest on the show on our Halloween episode, but also helped us edit our first few shows. Yes. And I want to thank Jojo B. Big up for yourself. I've given you an amazing platform and you've taken it with both hands and given yourself a great voice to get your feelings across. I love that you keep emphasising that you've given this to me. Yeah, well, it was my idea. And there would be no Native Immigrants podcast if I hadn't got you off your lazy ass and made you get onto a platform and actually talk because that was a lot of grovelling and a lot of persuading in the first place. Okay, well, thank you for persuading me to do this because I very much enjoyed it. Even in the times when I didn't enjoy it, I have enjoyed it. Well, every week I have to say, one minute, we've got to record a podcast now. You're like, oh shit, yeah, forgot. Oh shit, shit, forgot about the podcast. It's only going to get worse next year, love. Oh my days. <laughs> well, I will, I will hold this podcast on my back and carry it into 2019. Which is when we'll be seeing... Like Mother India. Like Mother India. <laughs> I just got that image Father India. Is... <laughs> Can you imagine? Sari dunia ka boj. So that is it. You will now hear from us in 2019. Have a lovely Christmas and a very, very happy new year. Yes, indeed. I hope you have an amazing time over the Christmas and New Year period. I'm sure we will. As long what? as I'm not giving birth. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. The baby needs to hurry up. Yeah, that's why I'm bouncing on this bloody birth ball. Exactly. And we need to hurry up and finish this fucking show. <laughs> yes, we've been saying bye for about half an hour. I know, that's... A typical Indian way of doing things, though. We're it's Asians, so true. isn't it? We stand at the door with the door wide open, letting the cold no, into the house. No, you can't go house. No, no, you say can't. bye for half an hour. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. That's how it... Half an hour, freezing cold, half the family outside, half the family inside. Yeah. It's just because we're so sorry to leave. But this is it, finally. From me, Swami Barakas. And me, Jojo B. And we'll see you all in season two, people. Peace. See ya. <laughs>